This podcast is a presentation of University of California Television. Like what you hear? Consider making a donation at uctv.tv slash donate so we can continue to bring you more great programs. Step by step now becomes then. Gathering time, counting days and nights, fallen forward bodies in wind, water, waves, wave and cloud patterns bright. When people enter the campus from the trolley, they enter this ocean of words. And it's got to be kind of mysterious because, you know, what do these words mean? I love that because that's kind of what the university is about. Connecting people who are arriving into the campus with a higher education institution is something that Anne Hamilton really took into account when she came to visit the campus and when she learned that this was a potential site to, to place her artwork. It was a bridge that was creating, because of the tram, a new entrance into, obviously, the university. And just thinking about what is that threshold from a place that is a kind of undomesticated landscape into a place of language. And so... Um, what are the ways in which our experience of reading is always potentially also an act of composition? And so that took me into the history of the university, and uh, which is a young history, really. It's an origin story that's dedicated to Sinya Hao, the first uh, Kumeyaay woman. Um, it's called Yeyish Cha'ak. I'm probably mispronouncing it. Um, a Woman's Heart is the title. The way that Anne Hamilton integrated Kumeyaay tradition into the walkway was when she first visited the campus, she learned that we're on ancestral Kumeyaay land. Anne's work is very much about how she responds to sites, to their history, to the people who inhabit it or had inhabited it, um, to the knowledge and the ways in which people live. Really importantly... You can see in this line here that this is where the structure of the spine word, which repeats, um, is broken. And so every 20 feet in the composition, I think here you can almost see the next darker line, the text is cut differently. So it's depressed rather than raised. And... Um, it's the only continuous narrative in the piece. So it starts on the um, east side. And these lines, if you followed each one, right reading sort of from left to right, you would get the full story of the first Kumeyaay woman. Anne's work is highly intuitive. She really seeks to connect history with the present moment, with the future with the architectural layout of the site. Kanop means to tell a story, which is what they're doing as they wrote this story along the pathway that you read from east to west as you walk towards the ocean. The form came in part in response to what is this condition of arrival and threshold, but also brought with it my interest in 
concordance structures where you have a spine of words that organize other texts around it. So the central word, like let's say the word singing, is the occurrence of that word in another text becomes a horizontal line with the word singing in the center. And so what you're getting is you're getting all these fragments, but as you walk across them, you're really stitching them into your own poem, your own narrative or not, um, by reading at the pace of walking. Bright breath in particles beneath shadows line by line, reading and traveling beneath hummed ocean blue light on everything in perpetual revolutions. She spent months working with special collections in the archives of the university, figuring out all these phrases of different writers, you know, scientists, poets, art teachers, literary people. She understands what it means. That was part of the reason why she decided to engage with Geisel Library and with how she used around 300 sources from Geisel, different authors from different disciplines, many of them connected to UC San Diego. And all of that knowledge that she researched is embedded into the, into the walkway. You're like a thread that is walking across and passing through it. And um, in that way, you know, it stays alive. It stays animated by each crossing. And um, so, you know, in that in a case like that, I'm thinking a lot about what is that condition of arrival, the way in which, you know, every student who is studying here is intersecting with the encyclopedia of disciplines that are here in their own way, you know, and making their own path. So I actually composed this thinking about words that could read both directions because you might be coming from the west or you might be coming from the east. And so for that reason, each line alternates which way it faces. And um, I wanted it to be a spine that um, could read from the end to the beginning and back again. It could start with Night's Many, which would be at the western end, or Step by Step, which is at the eastern end, and read with a kind of rhythmic sense. And um, all I did was kind of try to listen to the rhythm of it and put together words that I felt are describing the act of walking itself within the environment. Anne's start in the art world was through textile, and she's always had a very deep connection with language and with knowledge. She's really, in terms of going back to textile, she's really weaving these sentences and these words together. But Anne has always said that for her, it's so important that people find their own word or their own words. So you can read the, the walkway really in many, many ways, um, depending on your own, who you are, where you come from, what your mood is that day. All my work was really ephemeral and durational. Most of the installations were temporary in nature. And now here's this huge, permanent 
piece um, in a very different material than cloth because I'm definitely a textile person. I think all the processes of cloth, making, spinning, weaving, its structurings, as well as the metaphors of cloth is something that, you know, cloth is like our first architecture, our second skin. There's few times in our life that we're not held by cloth in some way or another. So it's our constant companion and and it's tactile and it, cloth has hand and is described by the quality of its hand. So it's so much about tactilized felt presence. And so then to be working in a material that is formed over time, from completely different processes that are not human-made in terms of the forming of the columns of basalt, which is how it occurs before it is quarried. And I think that the way the textile comes forward is not in the materiality but in the structure so that the letters, depending on what kind of shoes you have on, are actually subtly uh, a texture that you feel under your foot. And she likes... Weaving, she likes, she's worked a lot with fabric. She grew up knitting, learned from her grandmother, and that sort of has influenced her life, you know, knitting, making something um, out of string or yarn or almost anything else. But with knitting and weaving and those working with your hands is a part of her M.O. And it's deeply felt. And that comes across, in a way, in this work, too. More so the movement um, and sort of reading as you go along, paying attention to the world or to what's in front of you. In this act of composition, we tried out a lot of things, and it was... was, It was really kind of like the quality of the rhythm and the sound. So some of the original works we slightly edited relative to the width of space we had because it's an irregular path. It ends up in its longest, most regular section to be 26 feet wide, but then further down it's eccentric and wider in places. And we just had a great time reading these things. I mean, it was hard to find some words like hummed. Uh, I remember hummed was really hard to find. So we would sometimes edit things just slightly. Revolutions orbit chance with choice, spinning and hope blind and light drifting in dark figuring minds and hearts, weaving life with life. And so even though the piece is silent and in stone, I think you hear it in your ear as you see it. And so it was... You know, we would read it and say, no, that line doesn't really work here. Um, Some of the writing, the academic writing scholarship can be a little flat, honestly. And so it was really interesting to find, um, you know, some of the early researchers in biology and stuff, how incredibly poetic some of their writing was um, and inspiring in that sense. Uh, their descriptions of what they were doing that were written maybe not for their research peers, but, you know, for a larger public. She's a poet. She's a real poet. And her work is about 
movement and meaning. So movement as you walk along the path, you pick up these words or phrases and wonder what they're from. Anne deals a lot with what she calls embodied knowledge. So the idea is that you don't just consume information um, intellectually, but that you're also able to connect with knowledge and information through the body and all of your senses. Feeling the words, I love that, um, that sentence. That it, it really, I think, conveys what Anne is trying to, to do with this piece. So a lot of the times, depending on what shoes you're wearing, you'll also be producing sound as you walk down Canope. And this brings another quality into Anne's work that she's dealt with before, which is sound. As we have noted above, with this hook, he made the lands of men quiver in fear of his rain. So it's a whole experience of, of engaging with, with the emotional quality of language, for example, um, with how you're feeling the walkway under your feet, um, whether you're walking towards the ocean, because it is, there is this, this idea of facing the ocean, even if you can't see it but you have the threshold between land and ocean, which was sacred to the Kumeyaay. And then, of course, your, your eyesight, if, if you're able to look at the words, um, that will also be part of your experience. And if you listen maybe to your steps or to other people's steps or to the scooters and wheelchairs that go by, it's, really, it's, it's a really dynamic public space. You know, it's a, your experience is actually something that's over time. And, um, you know, literally in this case, it's coming up through your feet and it's, you know, that connection. And I also think like the fact that it's such a large field that that's also like that kind of immersion that can be reading. You know, you fall into the world of the thing you're reading and you're engulfed. I love thinking that someone might you know, find a line in there that then takes them down that rabbit hole of search into something that they need. Leaving, crossing, arriving, singing, citizens' word, worlds, beliefs, and practices shared shoulder to shoulder, fast and slow, this and that, falling and walking, over and over, long days and many nights. You've been listening to a podcast by University of California Television. For more information about this program or UCTV, visit us online at uctv.tv.